What's up, guys? Really excited about this week. This is Brandon Lunsford. He is a low-key, kind of behind-the-scenes kind of guy in this industry, but he has a juggernaut of a company and a suite of companies between he and his brother that he's created um, and that he's executed in the past in building, growing, and exiting a business. So we talk a little bit about that, talk about the love of entrepreneurship and kind of what got him into this. Talk about company culture building, which is important, I think, even if you're a two-man shop or if you're solo thinking about becoming a multi in the future, it's worth thinking about culture from the beginning because this is someone who's done it and done it well over the years. Um, we also talk about pests and ancillary services a ton because that is going to be a central theme, I think, for a lot of you going into next year, thinking about how you're going to diversify revenue, offer more services, how to roll it out without a conflict of interest and how to do it ethically. I think that is something our industry historically has shied away from and not been great at. He talks about it from a purely business standpoint and how to do it well, um, service the client, make sure they're happy and grow the bottom line of your company. So he is a I'm pumped because he is such a great businessman that a lot of people have not heard from in this industry. Um, so I think this episode is going to be amazing for anyone at all levels of business. So take what you can from it. Um, let us know what you think in the comments about the episode and enjoy. All right, Brandon, thanks so much for joining me. I was so pumped from the second we booked this, especially with your notes. Um, but welcome. Thank you for making time. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, really excited to be here. See the Georgia football in the background good time to be a Georgia fan it is we've uh you know we've kind of been on the cusp of, of doing some good things for many years and had a lot of heartbreaks and had a had we have had two great seasons and and yeah I went to Georgia graduated from Georgia so super excited great time to great time to be a fan I I have a buddy who's uh having a 40th soon and he wants to go to an SEC big time game and like experience like the tailgate culture and all that and so I, I can't wait for it hopefully we make it happen yeah come to Athens yeah, yeah, right on. Um, the reason why I'm excited about this chat for the listeners, um, there's so many what I call really impressive people in this industry that have accomplished a ton, that share their knowledge in little pockets, but necessarily not to everyone that, you know, everyone may not know who you are. And so if you want to just give a brief rundown of kind of your accomplishments, but again, you're one of the most impressive people in the business with so much knowledge to share. Um, we can get into your past as we go through the conversation, but um, yeah, just give, give us a quick primer where you're from, kind of the, everything you've accomplished in the, in a short time in this business and in past. Hey, you are too kind. Um, but uh, just to really quickly, my background, been involved in uh, pest control and home inspections for a little over 20 years. Uh, my dad was a, Longtime pest control, single man uh, company operator. He got into home inspections in the 90s, then jumped out of home inspections, uh, was just doing pest control. Um, I got into pest control, was out in the field doing all the, the stuff to try to grow the business uh, early on and uh, really wasn't sure what, you know, what direction my life was going to take at the time. I had just graduated from college and uh, long story short, just, uh, you know, started growing the pest control side of it, really saw an opportunity to bring back home inspections to kind of marry it all under one umbrella and uh, bought the business for my dad, my brother and I in 2006, uh, grew it for 12 straight years, had a lot of success, and then uh, exited the business in 2019, the pest control portion, but kept the home inspection side. So uh, that business is called Inspect All. Um, I own a business called Lens Pro Home Inspections in Atlanta and Charlotte now. Got about 25 inspectors between those two markets. 
and uh, just jumped back into pest control as well in both Atlanta and Charlotte uh, also. So yeah, that's me. Couldn't stay away from the pest world, huh? Like uh, obviously a, an amazing exit. I, you know, I've talked to you and your brother, you know, plenty about it. Um, safe to say a life-changing exit, but you couldn't stay away, huh? Couldn't stay away. It's, uh, you know, these two businesses work so well, hand in hand. It's such a, the inspection business is such a, a great lead source for pests. And so I uh, sat on the sidelines for a few years and uh, jumped back in it. So I'm excited. That's great. I love, I love hearing that. And then pest is obviously a big topic right now. I think in a slower environment, you hear a lot of inspectors wanting to diversify and add on services. Obviously you've done it many times and, and at a really high level. Um, any, any little notes or advice you would give to anyone listening who's like, oh, I've been pest curious. Well, the advice I would give is it is not all roses. You know, the pest control business is very heavy. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a it takes a lot of lifting, a lot of manpower, a lot of equipment, a lot of uh, you know, selling really below average cost services to kind of build up a big book of business. So, uh, like I always say, you have to have a stomach for it. You have to be able to uh, with with uh, withstand the storms that come with it. You know, the ups and the downs, the slow season in the winter time. Um, so you, you really need to jump in with the knowledge, knowing that you're not going to make a lot of money in this business, uh, at least early on. And it's really for somebody like me, who's going to grow it really fast. I'm going to lose money for, you know, at least a, a couple of years. And, uh, you know, the, the idea is to build up a book of business that's valuable, whether you keep it or sell it or whatnot, but just know going in, it's, uh, it, it, it takes a lot. I like, I like that a lot, that point of it's going to be a loss leader and think of it like any other, you know, whether it's like a financial advisor or an accountant that builds book of business where it compounds over time. And then that recurring revenue really works in your favor, but it ain't overnight. <laughs> I think that's the takeaway. It is a lot of headaches, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears uh, during the <laughs> process. And, and I, you know, I'm 13 months in on the new venture and uh, I feel like I'm just getting over that initial hump. And so, uh, so I'm excited about kind of the, the second year now uh, in business for the pest side. And uh, we've we've cleared a lot of the hurdles already and still a lot to come. Yeah, this is a basic question, but it's on almost every inspector's mind that adds ancillary services or, or stands up a new business. How did you think in the early days about having those complementary businesses, maybe one that feeds the other? Because uh, it's a very, what? no offense to anyone listening, but I think it's a basic mindset just to say, Oh, it's conflict of interest. I can't do anything else besides home inspections. That's just too simplistic in my mind. How do you approach that? Yeah, that's a great question. So we we uh, you know we kind of fought against that. Um, I would say back in two thousand five, two thousand six, we were just doing pest control at the time. My dad, we knew uh, my brother and I knew that our dad had done home inspections in the nineties, and we were like, why not bring that back? Let's let you know, dad, you can be our first inspector. And <laughs> we had so much pushback from the industry to say, you can't do both, you know, especially we did it under one umbrella. And, um, and, you know, we kind of tripped into the uh, lead source side of it. We really just brought in home inspections at the time just to have another uh, income source. And we really didn't think too much at the time about, you know, cross marketing and, and all that. And then, uh, you know, then the recession hit in 2007, 2008. So that kind of, um, you know, fortunately, we were doing things differently from a home inspection standpoint. We still grew during that, uh, but we never really saw it until years later as being the inspection business as being a lead source for the pest business. And it just kind of naturally happened to us. We were young, naive, just kind of tripped into it. 
Um, but we were well positioned for you know 10 straight years of, of capitalizing on it. And and now looking back, I'm like, you know, uh, sitting on the sidelines for a few years like I have, I, I was ready to jump back in and, and, and take advantage of it. And, and you know, I do it now under a different name. And that's probably a little different than what we did back then. You know, we did it under one company name, one umbrella. I do it under, in both markets, I have a different pest control name. Um, and so it does create a little bit of a separation. But I think either way, as long as you're providing a good service, the same inspector is not actually performing the, the actual work. You know, I don't see it as a conflict of interest and I would encourage other inspection companies to do it. Yeah. And do you find that people don't generally don't care as long as they have a solution that they're looking for? They don't. And I mean, taking it back 10, 15 years ago, you know, we were we were doing like digital reports back then, you know, for pest control. So we would go in a, you know, a crawl space and find termites and and we'd have a picture to back it up. So it wasn't like that we were, you know, selling something that the client didn't need. Um, we were providing a service that we felt like they needed. We gave them a great price. You know, we show up on time, did what we said we were going to do. And so I think the agents took to it really well. It seemed like the only negativity we ran, in, ran into at the time, and again, this is 15, 17 years ago, was, was just from the industry, you know, from the other inspectors who had been in the industry for so long. And they would always tell us it was a conflict of interest and stuff, but we, you know, we didn't listen to it. We did everything ethical and, and just grew the heck out of the businesses, uh, both sides of the business for many years. I just love how matter of factly you stated that, because I do think it's a like liability conscious conspiratorial kind of industry. And let's be real. Most people in the, in other parts of, um, you know, the country world society jobs don't care. Like you go to the mechanic, they tell you the five things that are wrong. And I'm like, can you do all five? Can you, if you could wash my car, you know, I'd let him do it. I don't care. I'm the same way. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. And that's, and like I said, that's kind of what we did with, you know, we were already doing on the pest control side anyway. So it was like, it, it was just kind of natural to be able to, you know, offer that service. And so we were like, Hey, we're out there at the client's house. You know, in this case, it was a buyer doing a home inspection. We're like, we can do the service. And it just, it seemed like a natural fit. The, the person was already there. They met you, they wanted to do business with you. They liked you. And so we did it and we did it under one umbrella and it, and it worked for, for many years. And I, I've heard you and Mike uh, talk about on your podcast before kind of delay, you know, the David versus Goliath stuff, especially in the tech space, you came in as kind of an outsider. And, and I felt, you know, in some way, my brother and I uh, were, were similar because we didn't know how these other inspection companies worked. You know, our dad was our only inspector and and he, you know, he didn't plug into the industry or anything like that. And, and he, my brother and I, neither of us had worked for a big, big pest control company either. So we didn't know the big box mentality. So we were kind of going against the big players of the world and we just didn't know what we didn't know. And I think the uh, kind of that being that naive um, actually helped us. You know, we just kind of said, let's just do what makes sense. We really kind of paved our own path and, um, and it, and it worked well for us. Yeah. I love the outsider mentality. Cause you said you you've never done a home inspection, right? I have never done a home inspection. I spent a few years in the field back in the early 2000s doing pest control. So I know the service side of it, but I've never done a home inspection myself. To me, that is amazing. Harmony Brown, Greenworks, same, same position where it's a badge of pride almost. I think like you don't have to have done one to build a great business, build team leadership and culture, which we're going to get into. But um, I think that's just an amazing signal that says there's so much more to this business than performing the home inspection. So it's a small piece of it. It is. And I think, um, you know, because we were growing the business, you know, say in 2006, we 
2007, when we first started doing home inspections again, 2008, 2009, 2010, we were adding inspectors every year and growing just because we were doing stuff different. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how to, to do a proper home inspection. I didn't know how to guide my dad and what to do and guide the second guy. So we were like, what makes sense? Okay, let's let's figure out ways to send a picture of the inspector out to the buyer and the buyer's agent before we get out there. So we were we were just doing stuff totally different than what the marketplace was doing at the time, both in the pest world and the inspection world. And it was, we were great gaining market share and growing because of that. And I think, so that kind of not knowing really actually helped us because we were just kind of building things from the ground up. And it sounds like that's what you guys have kind of done with Spectora. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I'd be curious to hear what some of those growth kind of levers were, but for us, it was like, just listen and be open and keep showing up kind of, it's like things that don't have to do with necessarily software home inspections. And, um, you can learn a lot by having humility and saying, Hey, look, I don't know. You're in the field. You tell me what makes sense. And then we'll handle this side of it. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, that's helped, uh, you know, I think my companies grow over the years is I, I have never, thought that I've known, you know, I, I'm not a know-it-all. I, I love learning from new people. You know, I'm constantly growing as a, as a leader. And, you know, I would, even when we were say seven and a half million dollars, you know, combined revenue between the two businesses, um, you know, several years ago before we sold, I would get a brand new technician in, I'd interview him myself and say, tell me what you liked about the other company that you worked for, you know, and I would take those ideas and put them into our business and just kind of take best practices from everyone and, and just make our business just a little bit better each time. And, and I still do that today. And I think that kind of having that, um, you know, the, the, the humble attitude of like, Hey, we're always here to learn. And I, and I know you and I share the common interest with IEB, you know, there's a lot of that in there where we're just constantly um, sharing ideas and learning from others. And, and um, we, you know, we've, we've, we've taken advantage of that over the years and hopefully I've helped others as well. I love that. So early on, you guys, were you, when you were selling services or doing the growth activities, how did you handle the disconnect between like, Hey, I'm not going to be the one doing the inspection, but I'm telling you about our brand or like, what did, what did that even look like for those that may want to put on that business builder hat that don't think it's possible? So I think where we're probably a little bit different than most others is we really kind of found our way in the inspection you know space from a technology standpoint. We were doing a lot of digital marketing. Um, that's how we you know grew really fast on the pest control side. We were you know uh, online uh, you know reputation such as reviews you know before reviews were big. So we were really big on that. And so those first few years, as we were adding inspectors, it was mainly digital marketing, just making sure our reputation looked good online, uh, pay-per-click, you know, SEO activities. Um, so we didn't do a lot of relationship building marketing until, uh, you know, a few years uh, later. And, and uh, you know, we kind of had that um, 1099 model of like, you know, the inspectors, each time we added them, they were highly compensated inspectors and they were doing it their own way. And so we hit kind of a ceiling of growth at some point in the future, you know, like fast forward a few years later, we had seven, eight, nine inspectors, each one of them were doing it different than the other. And so we finally realized, you know, we're like, you know, this 1099 model doesn't scale well. And so then we had to kind of rebuild our system to build more of a W2 model and build it out where each inspector was similar to the other. And so, so there were just, you know, challenges along the way. There were kind of ceilings that we hit and kind of re, re you know, kind of re-engineered uh, our business to, to fit what, what would look like, uh, you know, for future growth. 
I love that. You guys were ahead of the game, definitely with the digital stuff. Just like, you know, certain people are taking advantage of social these last three, four, five, six years. That's awesome that you guys were ahead of the game there. Well, and in, in, in the pest control world, we had to because, you know, nobody knew who we were. We are such little ants <laughs> on this, you know, on this island of these giants, you know, the Orkins, the Terminex of the world, they had brand recognition. So we had to do something to stand out. And so for us, we were like, well, if we can build up our reviews to, you know, 50 or 100 or 500, eventually 10,000, like we got to, we, you know, we're going to look a lot bigger. We're going to feel bigger. We're going to give that, that customer that peace of mind. And so that was our, our really only way to stand out. And then, so we kind of carried that design on both sides of the business and it really helped. And that, did you say 10,000 reviews? We ended up uh, with 10,000 reviews kind of at our height between, you know, Google and Angie's List and Yelp and Facebook and all those places. So, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> so let's, let's fast forward, like, like real quick, we can touch on to the extent you're willing to share of like who, who you guys exited the pest business to and just what that was like. Like, was that a, I'm guessing that was a, yeah. What was that like? I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> So, so at the time, you know, we, were, we, were, we went 10 straight years of 40% sustained growth. So year over year, we were winning like, you know, fastest Inc. 5,000 fastest growing private businesses. We had won, you know, we got onto the uh, PCT top 100 largest pest control businesses across the country. And so we were getting notoriety as far as like, especially on the pest control side from an acquisition standpoint. And, you know, my brother and I were partners at the time and, and, you know, we would, we'd run the business very lean, you know, we, we, you know, early on didn't have families. So, you know, we weren't taking uh, large income. So, so this was an opportunity for us to take a little bit of risk off the table. Uh, once we got approached by the right acquirer, I should say. Um, so we took some risk off the table and it allowed us to kind of then pursue other business interests, uh, each of us. So my brother, Brian, owns a uh, division of our business in Jacksonville, Florida. He owns 100% of it. I own the Atlanta version and the Charlotte version. And um, so it allowed us to kind of run uh, separately, but also use synergies together. And I think so uh, between given kind of the, the resources to be able to build future businesses and finding the right acquirer, so our employees were, were well taken care of, that was kind of uh, the big decisions there at the time. Because We'd gotten approached several years before that. We said no to the acquisition, but we found the right acquirer. It was the right timing. Uh, the M&A market and the pest control uh, space was very good at the time. We had a great advisor. And um, so we made the decision to sell. And it was not an easy decision because we both were you know, in our late 30s, early 40s. And we're like, we've got a lot of life left to give in, in business. But we're like, this is going to give us the resources and to, to be able to take the next businesses even further and faster. And so that's kind of, you know, in my mind, why we sold at the time. And, uh, and like you see now, we're, we're both back in the pest control business and uh, I'm sure we'll do it again. Uh, I'm so happy for you guys. Just knowing, you know, I know your brother a little bit better than you, but I've heard obviously a lot about you um, through him and through the IEB circles. And, and it's what I think our industry is just now kind of opening their eyes to this type of exit that it is possible that there is a liquidity there's liquidity to be found if you build something special enough and um and taking risk off the table is never a bad move <laughs> there's never a bad day to do it <clears throat> yeah i agree and and i love the, the the fact that our industry the inspection industry is starting to become you know an MA space you know it, it seems like it was always just a one-man operator type of business or and maybe you know a couple people but it was never like a Hey, I'm going to get into this business to be able to sell it one day. 
And, you know, that's what kind of gave me energy into this business, not, not the opportunity to sell, but the opportunity to give home inspectors a place where they didn't have to, you know, die in a crawl space or an attic, you know, it's like, Hey, you can come here and retire with this and have 401k. And, and so all that sort of stuff excites me about getting up every day and running a business is because our, our industry, the inspection industry industry seems to uh, be heading in that direction where it's a more sophisticated uh, space where people can uh, make a career out of it, exit if they want to exit. They can, you know, maybe retire with the company, become a technical trainer when their body breaks down, you know, maybe be, you know, an advisor to a company. So I just love that the opportunities are getting better. And I think that the recent stuff that's happened in our industry is a, is, a, is only a positive. And um, whether you want to sell or not sell and keep it forever, I think it's these, these things that are happening are a positive. Yeah, definitely. 100%. So speaking of business building and entrepreneurship, let's dig into that just topic for a second. So you guys said your dad was, was an entrepreneur of sorts, right? Had his own, had his home space business, but how did, how did you and your brother kind of learn, learn kind of what to do and how to do it? What was the early entrepreneurship bug like for you guys? So my dad, uh, he was kind of a visionary, but not a follow through guy. So he had a great idea, but he didn't want to put on the work to do it. And so we are very fortunate that he kind of came up with the idea of the pests and home inspection altogether and, you know, super thankful for that. And so I think we kind of took his vision and ran with it. Um, and so, you know, I guess just uh, kind of going back to those early 2000s, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, Hey, this is, this is just a, you know, kind of a, a stopping, you know, time for me, like figure out after college where I want to go next, kind of like, just, you know, where am I, where am I going to take my, my, my life and my career? And so it wasn't really until probably 2005, 2006, where I started seeing a little bit of a snowball of recurring revenue build up because I was doing the right things. I was showing up on time. It was kind of the first time in my dad's company that somebody was doing what they were saying they were going to do. And that's probably why he stayed <laughs> in a one-man company because he was missing appointments and they were, it was just sure. kind of a train wreck. And uh, so I started realizing that like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going out there and, and uh, you know, they, then they told their neighbor because I did a good service and I was like, wow, this could actually be a career. And so it was probably about that point, 2005, 2006. And I was like, all right, if we're going to do this, let's do it the right way. Let's, let's purchase the business from our dad. I got my brother involved in the business. And then it started taking off as kind of a career. And like I said, we tripped into a few things that were lucky, like the lead source from the home inspections. Uh, we tripped into kind of the digital marketing. We did some things that were, um, you know, just kind of took certain paths that were probably a little bit more lucky than, than smart. Uh, but we figured out how to be leaders uh, as we continue to grow and, you know, eventually brought on a leadership team uh, for both the pest and inspection businesses. And so that's, you know, that was kind of the progression is just not serious, then trying to figure out, is this a career? And then once we did, it was like, now we got to figure out how to be leaders and actually how to, how to make this a career. And, 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 uh, and yeah, so I think it all worked out and it was not all by design, but certainly some luck along the way and, and uh, very happy with kind of everything, the way it played out. What do you love about entrepreneurship? You know, like I said earlier, I, I just really love the opportunities inside of the business that people have. You know, I love giving back. I love kind of the servant uh, leadership mentality, you know, that serve first, you know, building trust with your team, um, you know, living out my values, uh, you know, always learning. So that kind of stuff just embodies like entrepreneurship if you do it the right way and that servant leadership. And I just get up every day energized just thinking, hey, if I 
you know, if we expand into Charlotte, like we did, you know, a year ago, like what opportunities could that provide people that live there that might be looking for an opportunity to work for a company like us? And, you know, over the years, seeing employees, you know, buy their first house or, you know, be able to afford the car they want. Or um, like I mentioned, maybe as an older inspector, he doesn't want to do the physical work anymore, but he, he can still give technical uh, guidance. And so just building kind of an ecosystem like that, where there's just opportunity in there is what really gives me, you know, the most energy. And, and that's what gets me out of bed every day and kind of gets me going. I love that. Mike and I very much the same, just like the, the, opportunity creation for people and then seeing people take the opportunity and run with it like that that just fills me up like it makes you want to go out of your way to find opportunity for them we're, yeah. we're and there, and I, and I, oh yeah sorry i was just going to say in our mission you know it's uh it's it's one sentence but i'll just kind of give you kind of the the bullets of it you know it's got four pillars it's you know one to provide epic service uh two to uh to have rapid growth because that's in my dna uh, three is to enrich lives, and then four is to give back. So, you know, we're we're really big on community give back. So, me building a business and having resources, we're able to then give back to the community. You know, enriching lives of our team members, like I kind of mentioned earlier. You know, the growth side of it, I'm super. You know, always excited about growth. I mean, those, you know, it gets contagious. You know, you start winning awards, and I know you guys are 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 a big part of that as well. Um, you, you start getting that kind of bug of wanting to grow and, and grow fast. And I, and I think that's what kind of provides opportunities. It creates momentum in your company. It creates excitement. And, you know, again, going back to the first pillar the Epic service, like you've got to do something different than your competitors. And I think that's what we always try to focus on is like, how can we, you know, one, give them a different type of service out in the field, or how can our customer service be better than our competitors? Or what can we do from a technology standpoint? So, um, so that's kind of the way that, uh, I look at it as, as an entrepreneur is like follow that mission. And, and those are kind of the pillars of our mission. I want to dig into the word Epic because I just love that you read those off by the way, because I just did a YouTube video the other day on ideas of unique value propositions. Cause you know, new inspectors, they get in the industry and even experienced companies. Sometimes you'd be shocked how many multis that are five, seven, 10, that maybe couldn't answer those four pillars if you asked them. Um, was that intentional from the beginning? How did you guys arrive at some of those four? Like, did you debate over Epic versus other synonyms? <laughs> you know, I, I'm probably a lot, lot like some of your other, you know, uh, clients and people in the industry where, you know, you kind of were already doing these things behind the scenes, but it was really kind of hard to, hard to communicate. And, you know, a few years ago, I was I was interviewing. You know, for for uh, you know, I was interviewing potential candidates to join join my business, and and I was just getting frustrated because I couldn't I couldn't tell them like what we do that was different. And so finally, I just sat down, and this is you know not too long ago, maybe two years ago, and I just in like ten minutes just wrote the mission statement. And I was like, why didn't I do that ten years ago? This has been locked up inside my head for so long. So uh, so yeah, it was uh, the word epic. Um, you know, kind of embodies just doing something different. And so I was just like, we were already doing that anyway. You know, it's a word that it's, it's uh, outside of the norm. And so, uh, so yeah, it was uh, probably like, you know, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville written in three minutes. And, and <laughs> later on, we'll look back and be like, you know, that, that was actually pretty good, but um, <laughs> there was not a lot of intention there when I sat down to write it. But I think like, like I said, it was in my head for 10 years. So it was pretty easy. But you knew it had to be different. And I think that's the takeaway here is people use generic words like good, great, excellent, but like you 10 X it into me. I'm all about like, yeah, what's 10 X of like what everyone else says. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that's, um, that's, I think what it captured and, um, and, you know, I hired to it. So I, every single person that comes on our business, I interview, even if I'm not the first person to interview them, uh, I get an interview with them. I go over the company mission. I, you know, I, I show them our growth trajectory, both the, the past and the future. And, um, and I think uh, for me, that's really important because again, they have to be okay with growth to be able to come into our world because we are, we grow so fast, even, even in this down market the last year, you know, we've grown and we just scratch and claw for every lead. And, and, you know, it's, it's normal for us to grow and have that messiness and not everybody's okay with that. And so, so I have to kind of warn people on the front end. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent with you. We're going to offer you benefits and all this other stuff, but you got to be evolving, you know, with us as we evolve as a company, you got to be okay with growth. And, and so, um, so anyway, that's why I was glad I finally kind of got it out because I was able to, to uh, share it during interviews and, and that's really been big for us to hire the type of people that'll take us to the next level. Like we're hiring right now. I'm going to steal that from you, by the way, you got to be okay with growth. I think that's, that's so well put. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's, uh, it was something that was learned over time. Uh, you know, those 10 straight years of 40% growth. I mean, we would build systems and I know you guys are the same way. I mean, you guys have had such tremendous growth, but we would build systems and outgrow them like within a year. And it was just, it was so hard to, to keep up, you know, and, and it was, it was, uh, but I then started realizing, Hey, that it's okay. Like there's massive, massive businesses out there that have the same problem. We're not the only, only ones that have a little bit of messiness or skeletons in the closet. And so once I kind of came to terms of that, I'm like, embrace it. It's just part of our mission now. Yeah. I, let's, let's pull on that thread for a second, because to me, the growing pains, the messy middle, like, how did you come to terms with that? Was there a book you read or did you just go through it enough to where you're like, damn, this is just how it is for anyone that's growing this fast? Probably trial and error, uh, but also just camaraderie in the industry. You know, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of uh, the IEB members. I mean, Rob Lemoyne and I have been really good friends for 15 years, even when we both had small businesses, uh, pest and home inspections. So just bouncing ideas off of people like that, um, you know, learning from others. Um, so that's kind of just the the evolution of it. Man, I, I'm I'm like ready to like interview someone now because I think for anyone that's hiring, you know, a lot, a lot of multis will be watching this. I think you just kind of gave just even a couple good questions and things you can talk to people about when interviewing. This all kind of to me rolls up into like company culture, which is kind of a buzzword. Like we need a new word besides culture, but we don't have one yet, so we'll we'll go with culture. And I know it's something you're passionate about because a couple of the things you just talked about are part of your guys's fabric because it's part of you. But how do you, yeah, what does company culture mean to you? It's everything. I mean, that's, if we didn't have a good culture, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in business. I just, I only do this because I love it. You know, I only do this because I love the people that I work with. Um, you know, I love the people that surround us and, and make our company better. And, and, you know, for me, it's like to build a company culture, it's not having a great mission statement or a, vi a great vision or values. It's living it out every single day. And, right. you know, and, and and that's the thing it's hard to do because sometimes you know it's it's like the easier thing to do is to to take the the path of least resistance and just you know cut people when you need to cut them and be ruthless and be a you know one of these business uh leaders that you see on tv and and but for me like i'll take a loss in a month to keep a good employee you know i i have the resources now to do it um you know so that's where i'm fortunate um you know doing the right thing you know treating people as you would want to be treated i mean 
it's, it's all cliche stuff, but I think that's what builds the culture is just the transparency, you know, uh, good communication across the board. Like we were very transparent from a leadership standpoint, all the way down to all the divisions of our business. Um, when we hire, we're transparent. You know, we tell them the goods and the bads. Um, you know, we encourage open communication between the divisions. So I think just doing that in practice is really what builds the culture. And, you know, again, it's, it's uh, one of those things that you can try to reverse engineer and come up with, you know, a great saying and give them a pocket card and all this stuff. But if you're not living it out every day, they're not going to buy into that culture. So for me, it's just the action you take every single day. That's beautiful. And let's talk about transparency for a second, because one thing that just came to mind when you said that was I've heard leaders of, you know, from small to large companies say, or even write in and say, oh, I don't want my inspectors seeing what we made on that inspection. Do you have a feature that can hide that? Or like any number of things to me, that's like the opposite of transparency. So from that all the way up to the company goals and mission, um, how do you communicate that? How often through which channels, like, is, and is it something you just kind of knew from the start you needed to get clear on and communicate? I think, you know, I think we do a pretty good job of it. I I, I was talking to the leadership team recently about just more that we could do. Um, so we're, we're transparent on our growth or transparent on our profitability. We're transparent about, you know, the commissions that we pay out, things like that. But we, we could do better in that regard. Um, but again, I'm always critical of myself. I'm critical of, of how we can become better, but I think we do a pretty good job, but um, I think there's room for growth there. And, and, you know, I know there's some companies out there that, you know, really work with their team on, you know, uh, financial security for that particular individual. You know, I'd love to do stuff like that, sit them down and, and talk to them about their, you know, their aspirations and, and talk to them about 401k and, and the match that we provide and things like that. So, so that's kind of the next step for me is like, I want to, I want to get there. And, and that's a, that's a challenge right now for us is to take it even further than where we've taken it already. Yeah. That's like next level, you know, that's 201, 301, whatever's after that, because I think so many operators are just running so fast. Maybe they're in the field, maybe they're not. But I think when you don't get crystal clear on where you're going, maybe you don't feel as confident to have those transparent conversations and help someone realize their goals. What do you what have you seen companies out there get wrong when it comes to culture? Oh, good question. Um, just not not doing what they say they're going to do, you know, just not following through with things on a day to day, um, you know, changing things up on their team just just to save a dollar, you know, like revamping systems and taking this away and, you know, just I, you know, there's a lot of discussion that and all the groups that we're all out there a part of is like, how can we, you know, make an extra dollar and let's take this away from our inspectors. And, you know, for, for us, it, what's worked and we've kept like really, you know, we've kept a lot of our inspectors been here for 10, 12, 13 years wow. is that we try not to mess with things unless we have to. <laughs> um, one of them was the, uh, you know, we went from an old report system to Spectora uh, maybe three or four years ago. And that took a lot of debate, you know, to try to change something up, something they were used to. And we put a lot of effort into uh, being very deliberate on any changes that uh, were upcoming, then, you know, giving them notice, letting them try it out. Um, but for me, you know, to, to specifically with Spectora, 
you know, I wanted to, um, I wanted to give them a better quality of life. And that's part of our, our mission to enrich their life. And I knew by switching to Spectora, I was going to save them a few hours at night, building the report. So for me, that, that, um, you know, justified the change, but, but to, going back to your question, I mean, try not to change things up unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. Yeah. Quality of life, huge. People don't like change in general. We're all human. I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's clear. Um, I had a question on the transparency piece. Like, have you ever run into difficult conversations or have your leaders had to have difficult conversations as a result of the transparency? Probably. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything that comes to mind, but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, sometimes I, I think I've probably lost, uh, potential candidates because of my willingness to be transparent. You know, I'll say, Hey, have you thought about this? This is something because we grow so fast or because, you know, you live in this area, you might have to drive too much. So I, I think sometimes my transparency might lose me on opportunities, but, you know, I'm okay with that knowing that, that, uh, you know, the, the, the people that do come into the world kind of know what they're expecting and, and, uh, we can keep and retain employees, you know, uh, because of that. Uh, probably have, has saved you from many painful exits, you know, a few months later, because we all, you know, you and I probably know what that's like when you get it wrong, because everyone gets it wrong every once in a while. Um, and then and it's painful. <laughs> exactly. Um, on on the culture piece, is there anything you wish you may, you, you like would have focused on sooner that you eventually ended up getting right? Or just like, a, you know, if you look back, you know, you've got so much experience to draw on. Is there anything where you're like, you know what, that was great wish we could have done it a couple of years sooner. I think the 1099 model for home inspections mm -hmm. is one of my kind of regrets. Um, cause that was a tough one. I talked about change. That was a tough change to make, you know, let's say at the time we did it, there was 12 to 15 inspectors to switch them from a 1099 model to a W2 was a tough change. And it was one of those that, um, I did it because we, we could offer them health insurance, 401k, and all those things. But at the time for them, you know, their take home pay was going to go down because we were going to withhold taxes. And so just looking back, I wish in it, and maybe this is some advice for inspectors that are just getting started, or maybe they're a smaller one or two man uh, operation is think about the scalability of the 1099 model. And does it, you know, does that make sense for you if you have 10 inspectors or 20 inspectors? And so that would be one that I would love to take back and go back five to 10 years earlier and switch it earlier, put them in a company vehicle, you know, go ahead and give them the benefits and all that. And, um, cause that, that was a tough change when we made it, I'd say three years ago. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I only remember hearing it four, five years ago. I think, I don't know if it was Philippe that kind of kicked off the conversation in the industry or someone else, but yeah, fairly new concepts, but I think a welcome one for business sustainability. And I know, yeah, short-term pain for long-term sustainability is how I looked at it. Yeah, and it, and it didn't scale with the commissions we were paying to our inspectors. Like we had no room to pay management layers to 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 pay you know a, a full-on you know growth or marketing team to pay you know the oversight that that, that comes with that kind of large of a business. So so uh, we learned the hard way and uh, and we made the change and I'm glad we did. And I, I mean, knowing what I know of you, you probably did it with very clear rationale and uh, constant communication. And most most people, most of your people can get through any change if it's communicated clearly and transparently. That's what I've learned. We were very careful about that. We we didn't lose any inspectors uh, as a result of wow. it. So we were, ha we were happy with that. Speaks to the culture, just how strong it is. 
Well, thank you. Let's get into to growth a little bit because you mentioned Charlotte. I um I either knew that or for or didn't know that or forgot. What kind of what went into your, the geographic expansion considerations? It's the, that for us in Atlanta is the is the next is the biggest closest market. So uh, for us, you know, it was an obvious target, and um, I have a little bit of family there, so that that also helped. Um, and so we've got two inspectors now full-time there, uh, likely going to get a third soon because we're keeping them pretty busy. Um, and I just acquired a pest control business in Charlotte to uh, marry with that inspection business. So that was a month ago acquisition. So, so uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been really busy with the integration and, and all that, but uh, we're excited. And were you going to get into Charlotte whether you acquired the business or not? I was definitely going to start a pest control business in Charlotte, but it might've taken me another year or two without the acquisition. Sure. Uh, I found a really, found a really good uh, kind of leader that came with the acquisition and that helped. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I was waiting for the inspection business to be big enough to, to put off enough leads to justify the pest division there. Uh, but this sped it up. And so I was happy with that because, you know, with all the growth that we've had over the years um, you know, it's all been organic. Like I've been, you know, uh, little acquisition tuck-ins kind of here and there, but I mean, for the most part, 95% of our growth has always been organic. So for me, you know, I'm, I know there's some other inspection companies that, that it's kind of normal for, but for me, it has always been organic. So the pest control business, uh, you know, acquiring that one was a little bit of an outside my comfort zone thing, um, but I'm glad I did it. You know, the, the expansion into Charlotte for inspections was organic and, and we've done really well with that in a short period of time. And, uh, looking at a th another market, you know, at this point, you know, I'll be looking at a place like Nashville to go next. Let's define for listeners. Cause like, I I'm sure there's even sophisticated operators listening that may not fully know the difference between organic and organic growth. And just maybe even you, we can just riff on maybe how you think about organic growth um, and what it, what it means to you. So our business in Charlotte, I'll just take that for example. And we did it in Jackson. My brother and I, when we were partners, we did it in Jacksonville as well. So there was a little bit of history of, of being able to do it. But, you know, it's really just moving an inspector to that market um, and or hiring somebody in that market and just literally starting from scratch. You know, it, it takes a lot of marketing. Uh, luckily, we've got a team of people on our, our side that is uh, really good at that. Uh, you know, I've dabbled in it over the years. So so the marketing is big, you know, uh, trying to build some some brand uh, recognition there in the market by having a, you know, like a marketing person, growth team rep in the area. Um, and uh, and that's kind of what's worked for us is just the 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 double side of it between the digital marketing and just a, a, a one boots on the ground person. And, you know, you, your goal is to try to fill up one guy's schedule. And then uh, when he's not full, he's out there, uh, you know, doing growth activities. And then once you get his full, you're hiring another guy and then he takes away some of that first guy's inspection. So the, the first guy's out there marketing again. And so it's just kind of like that until it gets big enough to maybe support, you know, a little bit more infrastructure in that, in that city. But, um, you know, versus, you know, an acquisition, you know, you're maybe coming into a, a market like Charlotte. And I definitely considered this trying to find a two, three, four, five man company to acquire. Um, and there's challenges with both, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot slower to start organic, you know, you gotta kind of be ready to, um, you know, have a lot of frustrations in that first year. Um, you know, there's weeks we do 10 inspections and I'm like, we're there, you know, we, we're ready for a second guy. And then the next week we do one. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, crap. It's, it, it's, it's humbling. Uh, but now we're starting to kind of crack that 20, uh, mark and I'm like, Hey, now it's time for a third guy. So, 
And I'm guessing you have modeled it out in terms of runway dollars that you're willing to sink in and kind of a a ripcord date of kind of like, Hey, we got to get to this number by this date. Yeah. And fortunately the way we've done it uh, for home inspection growth, um, we're able to kind of run pretty lean and it's almost a break even scenario for the first couple of years, like at least the way I'm projecting it out. Uh, Whereas pest control, uh, you know, 13 months in on this new venture, has been quite an ordeal and a quite a uh, you know a, a hit to the uh, to the to the to the profitability side of the of, of the other company because I'm I'm still from Paul to pay Peter yeah. um, so uh, but I knew it going into it I expected it I planned for it and that's the difference I think a lot of you know if, if you're an inspector listen to this and you're going to jump into pest control just be prepared you know talk to to people who have done it before. You know, I'm always available. Call me, uh, email me, whatnot. I'll I'll help walk you through the the goods and the bads. And we did it really fast. Like we built up a pretty nice sized chunk of business in 13 months. Uh, so we lost probably more money than maybe others might have done. So there's ways you can do it a little bit more cautiously. Um, but you got to be ready for that. And, and whereas on the inspection side, you know, it, it was not a huge loss. We were able to kind of make up any of the losses from the first few months and just uh, putting some revenue through. Uh, say after month three, and uh, we, there's no turning back now. You know we should be in the in the uh, profitability zone going forward. Yeah, I have no doubt you guys have the playbooks, the scripts, kind of the the way to get it done. Um, you know, partly from your experience, and then the IEB. You know, some of the IEB playbooks um, they're undefeated when it comes to generating demand. For sure, yeah, and, and a lot of our uh, you know stuff was just learned over time. You know, we yeah. were like I said, young and naive and didn't have a lot to lose. And so, uh, so yeah, we just kind of learned along the way and, and, um, kind of adjusted the playbook as needed along the way. And, and, um, yeah, so at this point I can kind of stomach, you know, losing money for a year or two years or whatever it's going to be on the pest control side, knowing that I'm building a book of business that could be valuable one day. Sure. Do you almost treat it like a, like if you were investing independently in another business, how, you know, you would model it out, you'd see what you're putting in and kind of see when you can expect returns. There's not, you know, one month that goes by that I don't look at the book of business that I have now and kind of project what I think that's worth today versus what I've paid, because I'm always doing that. Hey, what if I should have just, or, you know, what it could have should have, maybe I should have bought a business instead of starting it organically. So uh, for me, it, you know, looking at both the inspection side and the pest side of the, you know, the, either the new business or the expansion, like I'm glad I chose that path that I did, um, even if it's not for everybody. Um, so I'm at peace with it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And clearly you have a pretty diverse skill set. Like what, what was your major in college and kind of, and we can go from there. I was, I was political science and criminal justice. So I was oh, kind no of, kidding. Uh, okay. yeah, I was thinking about getting into, uh, you know, law school. So I was, yeah. I was pre pre-law and, uh, came out of college and really didn't know what I was going to do. Gotten, gotten a pest control for my dad for just say a year. And I was just kind of thumbing around. All right. Am I going to go to law school? Decided to move down to the Caribbean for a year just to kind of get away. And, and, uh, and then once I got back, it was kind of getting serious. Yeah. So do you think a lot of the, you know, you've talked about so many skills and traits and well-rounded, you know, characteristics you need to be successful. Did you teach yourself a lot of that stuff? Like, or was it kind of just, like you said, stumbling through it and kind of saying like, okay, I guess I got to get more organized on my books and understand kind of my, my payback period on acquisition. It was a lot of self-learning, a lot lot of trial by error, a lot of, you know, learning from, from bad things that would happen, you know, I think I remember back 
2015 time range. Like we had, I would just call it 75 employees and come in like, you know, like an eyelash away from missing payroll because we just mismanaged the growth. I mean, we were growing at like maybe that year close to hundred percent. And, and that really like, once that happened, you know, I, was, I saw, I was like, man, 75 people not getting paid. It really like opened my eyes to what I didn't know. And I was like, I've got to learn how to budget and how to, you know, read a PL and and project. And so it was just things like that, that, and I still feel like that every single day. I'm like, what, wow. Like, if I'm going to take this business, you know, to $20 million, like I got to step up my game as a leader and I got to learn more. And, and, and so that's just the kind of the attitude I've taken all along. And, um, you know, we've made it through some of the tough times and I'm sure we'll, there'll be some tough times ahead. And the the current market right now is, is not making it easy. And I know there's a lot of people struggling and, and I would say, just stick it out, you know, just continue to learn from the experience. You know, I went, we went through the, the recession in 2007, 2008 and learned a ton from it. And, uh, like I'm going to learn a lot from, from this kind of, you know, pullback right now of the market. Yeah. No, let's, let's chat on that for a second. Like what, what were maybe some of those like little lessons that are applicable, no matter the pullback or slowdown that, that you learned from them that you found yourself maybe applying today? Yeah, I think what we had kind of uh, a year ago as interest rates went up, like we kind of said internally, we're like, let's, you know, let's kind of clean up our own house for the next however long it's going to take. You know, I was hoping it would only be six months. Now it seems to be a year later and it's still, still kind of the, the market's still kind of puttering around. Um, but cleaning up our own processes, you know, rebuilding SOPs to, um, you know, uh, communication kind of training for our inspectors and things like that. And, and we've been fortunate. We have grown over the past 12 months, but it's been small growth. Uh, we've fat, you know, we've fought and scratched and clawed for every single lead. We've doubled down on certain things, you know, certain marketing efforts and, and, um, it's, it's been a challenge. Um, but I think it also, you know, humbles us and says, Hey, we had some 30, 40, 50% growth years leading up to this, but you know, our industry is still really, um, you know, contingent upon the market. And, you know, as long as we're beating the market, you know, if the markets, for instance, in Atlanta is down 17% this year, uh, over last year, the same time period, you know, we're up say three to 5%, you know, Hey, we're beating the market by 22%. And so when this thing, yeah, when it releases, you know, we've gobbled up, you know, we've doubled our market share in the past two years you know, it's the, the, once the pie gets bigger, you know, our slice is just going to be that much bigger. So really kind of resetting expectations, kind of being realistic with it. You know, we can't control everything, but we can control our effort. We can control our communication. We can, you know, get the agents to come back to use us again, if we provide epic customer service. So just that sort of stuff internally is what our discussions are like for, you know, all of our weekly and, and monthly kind of leadership calls. That's the mentality. I think that that's why this slowdown is going to it's just going to further the gap between the haves and have nots because the things you're talking about and you're already very successful and accomplished, but yet you guys are tightening up processes, making the experience better and you're just gobbling market share to where if we even do see a little patch of growth, who's, who's going to benefit the people that are doing what you're doing, right? Not the ones that said, oh, this is like a good you know year long vacation I'm going to basically take and just kind of sit back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've been doubling down. I mean, it's like, you know, from our growth team, it's like, hey, go out there and build more relationships. You know, if they're doing less business, you got to go out there and meet more people. You know, we've got to we've got to provide more value to these realtors, you know, and and providing more training or more, you know, um, certain classes or workshops that we provide. We just got to 
we got to pour into them if we really want them to to give us you know units back. And so um, that's kind of our mentality is just to continue to just grind away. And, you know, at some point this thing will release and we'll be in a better position uh, because of it. Where does that mindset come from in you? Because to, like, it's not, I, I don't want to, like, not everyone has that of kind of like, yeah, where, where do you think that mindset came from with you? I think it's just, uh, you know, just kind of fighting and scratching and clawing and kind of what we talked about earlier, the David Goliath approach. I mean, when we were say a five person pest control company against a $5 billion pest control company, it was like, we had to, we had to be different and we had to stand out we had to figure out ways to um, scratch and claw and fight. And so we'd get an online lead into our system. And instead of 30 minutes, we'd say, I don't want it to sit there for 30 seconds, you know? So we, our communication response, we could control those things. We couldn't control, you know, our brand recognition in the market uh, in a short time period, but we can control how we interacted with every single lead. And then, uh, you know, on the inspection side, it was like, Hey, we're going against these companies that have been established for 20 years and nobody knows our name. Let's do something different. Let's do infrared on every single inspection. Let's do, you know, and that was years ago. And now it's like, Hey, let's figure out how to do drones on every single inspection. Well, you got 15 inspectors. They'll never get everybody FA certified. And we're like, yeah, we will. It's going to take us one year and we're going to do it. And, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple of years, you know, a year later, we got it. And um, so it's just stuff like that. And we're already looking at what's the next thing we can do, uh, you know, already starting to try to plan for that right now to be different and to provide more value and to, you know, have better communication, you know, better training. And so um, I don't know, I don't know if that answers your question, but just always trying to just think outside the box and do things different is really kind of what we're all about. I'm, I'm smiling because to me, this is like, the definition of like excellence and, and greatness makes me think of like a, you know, I'm a big basketball guy. So like a Kobe Bryant who he like never believed he was Kobe Bryant. He worked as if someone was always chasing him because you're kind of Goliath now in this industry. Do you ever, do you think of yourself as that way? I'm guessing you don't. <laughs> Not really. Like I, I, uh, I, I think somebody's, called us kind of, they called me like the silent assassin. Cause I'm not super, <laughs> I'm not super visible on, you know, on a bunch of calls or in the industry. Yeah. I'm just kind of behind my computer making calls, doing, you know, doing zoom interviews or, you know, I, I mean, I'm just kind of behind the scenes, you know, kind of pulling, pulling strings and trying to make it happen and build relationships. And, and over a period of time, when you do that every single day, you, you start kind of building it up. And I think that's where we're at now. It's nothing, crazy that um we've done crazy innovative it's just being a little bit better than yesterday every single day and i think that's kind of my mentality when i wake up every day well it's inspiring and i think um you know at your level if you can do these things i think it inspires everyone else from the single man shop new inspector all the way up to say how do we inject some of that into our day-to-day well, thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, because I've never done a home inspection, you know, I've never looked at this industry as being super technical. I just, you know, yes, our inspectors have the the right training and, they, and I've got guys that have been in construction for 25 years and all that kind of stuff. But some of our best inspectors are one year onto the job, you know, and they just have great communication skills. They want to do things different. They're bringing a whole nother level of service. So for me, it's like, I look at this industry as just, it's relationships, it's, um, communication and the technical side of it, as long as you're uh, proficient, you know, that, you know, for me, like it's, it's about those other things that make us stand apart. And I want to do a great home inspection, you know, don't get me wrong, but for me, it's like, 
how did you show up today? How did you communicate with that agent? You know, those are the things that we value as a company. And, and uh, yeah, maybe that's what makes us different than, than some others in the industry. There's not enough training in this industry for relationship building, communication, soft skills. Like there's barely any, so it's, it's needed. I agree. Yeah. And it, we talked about change earlier and this industry seems to be really slow to change. And, um, and, and maybe that's starting to change, so to speak, uh, you know, with some of the, the uh, bigger companies are being built up, the, the more sophistication, you know, the kind of uh, management layers that companies are putting in to the, you know, you're starting to see, I think the industry evolve because it is a young industry. I mean, it's, it's not as old as like a pest control industry. So there's still a lot of growing up to do. And um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really excited about just the new level of sophistication that's that's in the industry. And I love those kind of conversations. And and uh, it's a less about the tools and you know the technical side of the, the industry and way more about like, you know, what are you doing different? How are you communicating? How are you growing? You know, um, you know, what are we doing to hold people accountable if you if you have a team? And I think those are the companies that are standing apart right now. It's the only good thing I think that comes from a recession or pullback because it, it makes people say, I got to change. I got to do something different because the times yeah. are different because we've had a great bull run. Like, I mean, the market's really spoiled all of us in this industry for a lot of years. It really has. Yep. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, survival, the fittest and the companies that do persevere and uh, I think are going to be well, you know, better positioned when things kind of release again. And um you know, companies that are gobbling up market share are just going to be in such better position, uh, you know, once there's more of a market to actually gain. Definitely. Brandon, this is, we're on time here. This has been amazing. This is so, we packed so much into this. We could probably go for another hour on some of these topics, but if people want to reach out or even learn more or find you, no pressure, because um, they will, what, what's the best way that that works for you? You know, hit me up. Uh, email is, is great. Brandon at lunspro.com. So L-U-N-S-P-R-O.com, Brandon at LunsPro.com. Uh, my company is LunsPro uh, you know, Home Inspections. We're in Georgia, Carolina. Like I said, my brother owns LunsPro in, in Jacksonville. He's a great resource too. So anytime, reach out. I really appreciate that. And I know the community really will. Because like you said, if, if you're not in a ton of places and you have all this knowledge and wisdom. Um, so thank you. Thanks for, for showing up and sharing it. And uh, this one's, this one's going to be a banger of an episode for sure. Well, thanks for all the kind words. And, you know, I, I, I feel the same way about you and, and Mike, what you guys have done with Spectora. Like, you know, I, I'd like to turn the podcast around and listen to, to all the success you guys have had. So I appreciate uh, me getting a little bit of the spotlight today, but I, I like it better when I'm, I'm hearing success, <laughs> success stories like you. So, so thank you. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a pleasure to be on the podcast and I'd be happy to come back if you ever invite me one day. Right on. Sounds good. All, All right. right, Kevin. All right.